But as we reflect on peace this Christmas, we are reminded in God's word that peace brings both presence and absence. Peace brings presence and absence. Last week, a few of us had a wonderful opportunity to go to a recovery house called Hope for Freedom. And there's about 30 guys that live here at any given time, and they're all trying to get their lives back together in recovery. And they go here and they spend different periods of time, sometimes a few weeks, sometimes days, sometimes months. And we were able to bless them and we had a wonderful service with them in the morning and then we actually put down hardwood flooring. Well, not hardwood, it was a vinyl flooring in a few rooms and it was a good time with the guys just to get to know them and hear some of their stories and spend time with them. And I overheard one of the guys saying, I'm... I'm here because I had to leave my home. My father is abusive. And so I've come here to this house to escape all of that. And I'm going to be starting school in, in the new year. And as he was sharing this, this idea that he had to leave one place to move to another place to find peace reminded me of all of our lives, reminded me of the concept of peace that is both a presence of God, but also the absence of many other things. And so I, I, I thought of this in context of Christmas, that Christmas brings this strange sense of inner peace that our lives are in God's hands, during Christmas, we think about Emmanuel, that God is with us. He is with us. We think about the fact that Jesus was born, and when he was born, this was the first time that God was incarnate in bodily form. And so there is this presence of God that we reflect on during Christmas. And on the other side, there's an absence. There's an absence of fear. There's an absence of worry. There's an absence of chaos. And peace both brings the presence of God and that presence also creates an absence of other things in our life. Other things in our life. And Christmas is a time to reflect on both presence and absence. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2, or it'll be on your screen, as we reflect on the presence of peace in Luke 2. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. His peace is on you. His pleasure is on you. The birth of Jesus wasn't just a moment in time. It literally brought peace to the earth. Now, interestingly enough, is, is Jesus was born in the midst of the Pax Romana. The Pax Romana is the peace of Rome. What's interesting about that is that Rome didn't establish peace just Without war, they actually just defeated everybody, and eventually they, re they reached this point of peace, which meant that they weren't killing anyone. <laughs> and then for 200 years, they enjoyed this Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. But when Jesus is born, this isn't an external peace. This isn't the Pax Romana. This isn't the peace on earth that Rome was, was enjoying at the time. Jesus would bring an inner peace for all men, for all women, for all children, for all people. There would not just be a peace of Rome, there would be a peace on earth, not just an outward peace, an external peace, but an inner peace through the birth of Jesus. This is what the angels are saying when they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. God is pleased with you. And he's promised peace for you. But what is a savior? It says today is born a savior. A savior. Christ the Lord. Now to me a savior is three things. Pastor Barry mentioned this last week during his sermon. It's illustrated in the three gifts that are brought to Jesus. And I believe all three gifts are an aspect of what it means to be our savior. They brought him gold. He is our king. Frankincense, he is our priest. Myrrh, he is our sacrifice. Number one, Jesus is our king. The peace of God brings the presence of a king. Now, if you think about your own lives, there's, there's a throne inside each one of you. And when you are born, when we are all born, we sit on this throne. We are the king of our lives. As Frank Sinatra says, I did it my way. And when we are born and when we live our lives, we are on the throne. 
We rule, we reign, we make decisions. The plans for our life, our intentions, our motives, it's all about us. We do what we feel like doing. We do what we want to do. But what's interesting in that is that there is actually no peace in that. And then Jesus steps into our life. I'm going to use Jonathan here. You're going to be Jesus. And and you're just going to come up on the stage. And Jesus enters our life. And he's now standing there. And he wants to have relationship with me. But what has to happen is I... This is crazy what's going to happen. It's like... This is a a magic trick that you've never seen before. Get ready. I have to get up and I have to invite you to sit on the throne. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) And this exchange, thank you so much. Excellent sitting. This is amazing. This exchange is one where my absence invites his presence. This is one of the first things that happens in our life with Jesus is that we intentionally decide he is going to be my king and my absence creates a place for his presence he sits on the throne of my life secondly Jesus is our priest our priest 24-7 you have an inner priest making intercession for you praying for you in other words inner peace is an inner priest and the picture that I have here is that when Jesus died on the cross Mark chapter 15 verse 38 it's not in your notes because the Lord dropped this into my mind last night. 1538 says that the curtain was torn. The curtain was torn from top to bottom. The curtain was torn into two. What happens there is see the presence of the curtain meant that I wasn't allowed into God's presence. And so in this instance, the presence of the curtain meant that I was absent from the presence of God. And that curtain left me on the outside. But when that curtain is torn... I now have access into the presence of God. And there is peace 
that comes with the presence of God. Now, where the curtain used to be, the absence of that curtain, I find presence. I find his presence. I had a meeting a couple weeks ago with a couple that came in, into my office and they said, we really need to talk to you. I said, okay, well, let's, let's sit and let's chat. They were overcome with emotion, overcome with feelings of what God had called them to. They were so overwhelmed by the burden of what God had called them to. There was just, it was tears, it was angst, it was like anguish. And they said, we know what God has called us to, but we just can't do it. It's too much. I've actually never had a meeting like this. Normally people are quite excited about what God wants them to do. But this was like a burden, almost like I was talking to a martyr. That's how, it was just this weightiness was weighing down on them. And I said, they said, we're looking for confirmation. I said, you already have it. They said, but we can't do it. I said, that's the point. But it's impossible, that's, that's it. It's, I said, can you imagine if you don't do it? No, that's ridiculous, but we can't do it. So I did what pastors do. I, I prayed for them and said goodbye. Have fun with that. They came back this past Friday and they said, when you prayed, they said something very interesting, actually. She said to me, I don't want to, when Jesus healed 10 people, only one came back and said, thank you. She said, I want to be the one. She said, when you prayed, four things happened. And she went through them all. One was an intense presence of God. She described as, it was like electricity firing back and forth inside of her mind. There was an overwhelming sense of peace. It was physical healing that happened within her. And she knew. She knew that God had called them to this. It was this moment where they had been on the throne and, and, and they've been Christians for a long time. I'm not saying they just came to Jesus, but it was one of these throne moments where they had to literally make the decision to get off of the decision-making process. And they had to allow Christ to come in and sit on the throne and he said, I have good plans for you. But for my plans to happen in your life, for them to unfold, for me to unveil them, for all of this to happen, you have to, you have to get up and move and allow Christ to come in and sit and rule and reign. I didn't say much. I didn't pray much. But Jesus entered in and there was a peace. 
He is our king. He is our priest. He is our sacrifice. And this one really gets me because Jesus as our sacrifice is also about absence and presence. See, for thousands of years, lambs were slain. Lambs were killed for atonement of the people's sins. For thousands of years, sacrifice was necessary to bring this sense of peace between God and his people. And Jesus came as the final sacrifice. And Jesus died on a cross for our sins. I was supposed to be on that cross. You were supposed to be on that cross. You were supposed to be present on that cross. But what happened for all of us is that we, we walked up to our death sentence, our crucifixion, our cross. We all walked up to this cross and where we should have been, there's Jesus hanging on that cross. His presence is my absence. Where I should have been, he already is. Where I deserve to be, he already is. And that brings me inner peace with God. There's also an absence. An absence of fear. An absence of disease. An absence of darkness. At Christmas time, there are many things that we enjoy. There are warm drinks. There are Christmas movies. Anyone watch Christmas movies? Yeah, like all of them? Anyone with me on that? Yes, all of them. Last night I watched California Christmas, part two. It's horrible. They're just so bad. At the end of it all, I was looking at Christmas and movie, wondering how these ended up in the same sentence. We watch them all, though. We love them all. There's a sense of peace around Christmas. Hot cocoa. Even Christmas concerts. I went to a Christmas concert this past week, and it was fantastic. Elementary Christmas concerts. Creme de la creme. 
But even in the midst of squeaking and squawking, I never thought a ukulele could do some of those things that it did. Even in the midst of that, you have these moments of peace, glimpses, mainly when you realize your child can sing or somehow learned an instrument when they've never practiced at home. But there are these moments in the Christmas season of snow falling. Amen? Anyone want some snow this week? I do. Someone came in this morning and said, my prayers were answered. It did not snow. I said, it's you against all the children in this world. <laughs> but there's something about the way snow falls and the flicker of light. These are peaceful moments. These are moments of presence. But for me, peace also brings an absence, an absence of fear, number one. Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy. Fear not. See, the peace of God brings an absence of fear that we would fear not. And this Christmas, the peace of God drives away fear. That we, when we are at peace, and I think about this couple again, when they, when they were at peace, the fear was no longer there. Previously, though, fear took up residence. And peace was not found, but peace replaces fear. Secondly, we, we celebrate that there's an absence of disease with peace. There was a, a woman that was healed, a woman with the issue of blood who had been dealing with this issue for 12 years. And it says that she reached out and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And it says this, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. In other words, disease is a dis-ease. It's a lack of peace in our physical bodies. And I felt the Lord this morning saying, Joel, I want you to pray for peace in people's physical bodies. There's nothing that brings a lack of peace in our physical bodies like pain, disease, virus. If you're in pain, it is difficult to go to sleep because there's a dis-ease, there's a lack of peace. But when Jesus touches our physical bodies, and he says, be healed, there's a peace that comes over our bodies. Our brains, muscles, ligaments, bones. When God says peace to cancer, cancer is gone and his presence comes. There's healing that happens. So peace is an absence of disease. 
And it's an absence of darkness. This is illustrated in all the Christmas lights that we see. Millions of them each season we see Christmas lights. And there is an absence of darkness created by the presence of Jesus, the light of the world. Isaiah 9 verse 2 talks about a people who walked in darkness. It says the people who have blindly are walking through darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. The peace of God is a light in the darkness. It helps you to navigate. It helps you to see when you can't see. A light unto our path. I'll close with this and invite the worship team to come up. This Christmas, may we reflect on the peace of God. May we reflect on the peace of God. The peace of God that comes to us and comes upon us is a child that is born. And Isaiah 9, 6 says, for to us a child is born, not just to Mary, but to all of us a child is born, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. And this is what comes upon us and that we reflect on is that there is a wonderful counselor. The presence of one to counsel us means an absence of loneliness. The presence of a counselor is an absence of loneliness. The presence of a mighty God means an absence of weakness. That when you can't do it, he will be your strength. The presence of an everlasting father means that there's an absence of an orphan spirit. That you are not alone. You have a father who's watching over you. And the presence of a prince of peace means that there is an absence of fear in our lives. So this Christmas, as you enter this final week leading up to Christmas, may you find moments of peace Light a candle, sit by the fireplace, spend time with people that you love and care about and find moments of peace. Find moments of peace with God this Christmas. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never had peace with God. You've never had a relationship with him. This morning you can find peace with God by turning toward him. And saying, God, I've been sitting on the throne of my life. But I want you to sit on this throne instead. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your peace. 
yes, a peace that passes all understanding, but yet a peace that is so present and so realized and so felt. And thank you for your peace this Christmas, Jesus. Thank you that you were born not just long ago, but in each one of our hearts. And this Christmas, may we sense your peace, know your peace, enter into your peace. And may we be agents of bringing that peace to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.